As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply the gift of like hacks and practical stuff and systems and um, tips and whatever is when we can use those in support of what we have already named. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ladies, if you follow me on social media or you are over in Patreon, then you have heard me talk about today's guest and her new book over and over and over again because I am so excited about it. Very few books do I feel like nail the productivity thing as well as this one does. It's not oppressive. It's not unrealistic. It is just so straightforward and helpful. And I am so thankful to Kendra Adachi for coming up with The Lazy Genius Way. Personally, I think it's brilliant. It allows us to all care about the things that actually matter to each of us, which are individual, but still have this baseline idea of how to get things done in our lives without feeling overwhelmed that has ways to cut some corners or just think smarter about the things that we need to get done. And I love her sense of humor and her straightforward approach to how she wrote her book. It is so much fun. But before we get there, we're going to have a little part of the show that's called the call to action, which basically just means I'm going to ask you to do something because you listen to the show and I would so appreciate it. And what I would love for you to do is hop on over to Instagram and follow me over there. I would love to be able to interact with you there. I try to post on stories almost daily, and it's one of my favorite places to get to know my listeners, get their feedback on the things that I'm putting out there, and I would really love to get to know you. So come over and follow me at Mackenzie Kappa on Instagram. I would love to connect with you there. Okay, let's get on with this episode, however, with Kendra Adachi, because she's a lazy genius. Welcome, Kendra. Thanks, Mackenzie. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. I have followed you for years and years. I remember like when you first started coming on, I think it was called The Simple Show at that point. I don't know if she's I, changed a lot over the years. She has. It, I was yes. on there first. The, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was called The Simple Show then. Yeah. But yeah. I was like one of Tish's co-hosts. She had rotating yes. co-hosts and it was so fun. So fun. And you were always one of my favorite of the co-hosts that oh, she thanks. would have on. And that was kind of like, I feel like that was a little bit early on and when you were really getting going with the lazy genius thing. I think it probably was. I think maybe I had started, I started the lazy genius collective when my, like right before I got pregnant with of my course. daughter. Yeah. And um, like, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to get pregnant <laughs> yeah. with her. And I was starting this like big business. Cause my kids, like my, I had two boys, I have, I still have them, but I had two boys and my youngest was like going to start kindergarten. Yeah. I was like ready you know, to like, oh. have my days back. Oh, I and get it. I got pregnant and it was yeah. like this is a gift. And also I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And so it's all a little bit muddy, but I do feel like, cause that was, she's four She's over four now. I don't yeah. know the halves and the months yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. but she's four. Um, 
and I started the Lazy Genius Collective just a few months before she was born. And I feel like Tish came around um, not not long after that. Like, yeah. And it was such a fun thing because I just started my own podcast and was trying to like, I mean, you know, it's like a yep. there's a learning curve in talking mm-hmm. into a microphone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was nice, to, Tish, to uh, it was so nice to Tish to like bring me along into her like already beautifully established place. Yes. Learn the ropes and stuff. And she's great. So obviously it was like, it was such a hard job. It was such a hard job to have. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking every time I listened. Like, oh, how terrible must that be? What a slog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I totally hear you on the like, wait a minute, my children are going to school. I have a five-year-old and I like in February of this year, sat down and was like, six months, six months from now, I'm going to have a normal work schedule. And I am going to drop all my children off at school in the morning. And then I'm going to have this chunk of time where I just work and it's going to be amazing. And then the world shut down. Wait a minute. This is not what I had planned. My heart is like breaking for you a little bit right now. Cause it really is like, there is something so, um, I don't know. It feels like the image that comes to mind, honestly, is like Braveheart. Like there is such this like freedom and not that having our kids there is not, I mean, we all know we don't have to like paint the picture of like, no, you're not allowed to complain about having your kids around. It's okay. Like we can do both. You can hold it all together in the same place. It's all right. But like, there is something so exciting when all your kids are going to be out of the house Mm -hmm. consistently and you can plan for things like for yourself and then it doesn't happen and it's like it's something to grieve like genuinely grieve yeah Yeah. well especially like I used to be a homeschooler gave that up a couple of years ago so it's been like this building this amping up to this for a long time and I'm I'm the sole provider for our house and it was like this is gonna be it I'm gonna you know take off and now it's like oh hold on I have to homeschool you people again and this time under duress like this is not fair somebody stop making me do these things I I hear you yeah but here we are here we are okay and I didn't even bother to have you introduce yourself. I I talk about you. I've talked about you quite a bit on my Instagram, but would you go ahead and tell people who you are? I will. <laughs> my name is Kendra Adachi, and uh, I am known as the Lazy Genius, and I help people be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't because I think that there is just too much um, on the internet and in our regular everyday lives where people are trying to be a genius about things that don't actually matter. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we all think that um, we should all value the same things, you know, like if somebody that you love or watch or follow values something, you're like, oh, well, I, I guess I have to I have to care about that. Like I always think about, um, I always think about bread, you know, especially like right now in COVID times, everyone's (laughs) baking bread. But like I did a podcast episode a while, a couple years ago, probably about baking bread. And I had so many people DM me and email me and they were like, this is not lazy at all. Like, and I'm like, but I like bread. Yeah. <laughs> like baking bread matters to me. Yeah. And so I'm going to be a genius about bread. Like I, but guess what? You don't, you, if homemade bread and making it yourself doesn't matter to you, go buy someone else's bread. Like you don't have yes. to make your own bread. I just don't think there's enough, like, uh, there are enough conversations that there's enough language, especially mm-hmm. on the internet about like, you're allowed to care about different things than other people. Like you're allowed to care period, but you're also allowed to care about things that other people don't care about and vice versa. And like, yes, we can all still be friends and it's fine. (laughs) Like it's just, so that's what I do. Mackenzie, that's who I am and what I do. And I love it because I got to admit, coming into this book, there was a little bit of me that was like, she's just going to tell me like she knows the right way to do everything in my life. And like, I'm so not into that. And then I opened it up. I was like, oh, that's so not what this is. This was like the permission 
to do you and that that is okay. And then here's some tips and tricks to be able to make that better and easier for you. And it can be applied to anybody. And as I kind of mentioned before we got rolling with this show, like I left an abusive marriage where so much was put on me of like, you are supposed to care about all of these things and you're supposed to be good at them. And you are not a good mom if the house isn't perfect and your homeschooling isn't perfect. And like that all the things have to be perfect all the time. Well, guess what? That was a big fat lie. And getting to come out of that and go through in a lot of ways, I think the process you talk about in your book of figuring out what even matters to you in the first place and that it's okay to have different things matter to you and, and what doesn't matter Like if I want to hire a maid, if I had the money, you know, like that's okay because you know, that's not where you're going to shine or where you want to put your energy. Like you even talk about at one point, um, it's okay to not have to shop at a thousand stores to get all the best deals on the best items because your sanity is worth something too. Like we have to put value on that part as well. And I just, I think it is an incredibly freeing book that you've written. Thank you. And it's funny and conversational. (laughs) I love, I, and from the very get go girl, when you kind of order us around, I just, I do that really well. It sort of comes like, it just comes out where I'm like, Oh wait, am I being bossy again? I'm so so sorry, but I'm not, but I, I appreciate like the distinction that you draw of like, I really don't want to tell you what to do yeah. because it doesn't matter what I tell you because I don't know your life. Like, I don't know. That's the problem with like so many um, self-help books that I Mm -hmm. would read. And it's not that they don't have valuable things in them, but what I found and I know, I know your listeners have done too, where it's like, you, you take these five highlighted lines from this book and this tip from this book mm-hmm. and this structure from this book. And you just try to like cobble together some sort of like approach to, yeah. <laughs> to your life and yeah. like this inspirational quote and this or whatever, but without some sort of like foundation of what actually matters to you. Yes. Some of those things just don't, they don't, they don't actually matter. They don't serve you. They just become mm-hmm. noise. And I don't want my book to be noise. I want my book to be like, okay, so here's how we can tell what's noise and what's true. And, and, so, and it's true for you, like personally. So um, I just appreciate yes. that distinction. Cause I do want to help you like get stuff done. Yeah. Like that's like a, we got a lot to do. We got things, yes. you know, we got like lives to lead and places to go or whatever, but I want you to like feel confident going into those places and doing those things and having tools that can support a system of what matters to you. Like you can yes. sort of build your own system with like really dependable tools, but based on like your own life, not on mine. Yes. And it's, it's tools, but not too many tools. And I feel like, and the way that you've written about them, because it's so smart and witty and straightforward and conversational, it makes you able to remember them better. Mm. I mean, I really think that is an aspect of writing this type of a book that often probably gets lost in the weeds. Like people don't realize how important that is, but you can read the best book out there with the best tips and whatever. But if it's not written in a way that you can actually remember what the Mm. person said, especially if you are a mom and you've got kids and you know, you're like, if it's too heavy, it's going to go out the window, but you make it so relatable and funny. Like, I mean, for instance, as you're talking about routines and you use the analogy of surfing and you could have just used a surfing analogy, but instead you put Chris Hemsworth on that surfboard. And as someone who almost named their new dog, Chris Hemsworth, so that I could (laughs) snuggle with him every night, I really appreciated that. That might be the, like, okay, so you said you almost named your dog. Like, what did you name your dog instead of Chris Hemsworth? Because that's the greatest dog name that's ever existed. Well, we also toyed with Jason Momoa. 
Okay, that's and, fair. And I was, I was actually pulling for <laughs> Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> and I said that, I, my mom was like, you would never actually call the dog that whole name. And I was like, oh no, I'm pretty sure I would. And I I'm think you sure would. I would. I would say it that way. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and she was like, yeah, you're right. You probably would. But I got outvoted by the kids and we mm. named him Odin of Asgard because he can guard my... <laughs> That's so yes. great. So. That's so great. And actually, that's like a also props to your family because those are all really stellar names for Thank your dog. You. Thank oh you. my gosh. But yeah, yeah so really I can hard. see now, like, yeah, putting Chris Hemsworth in that yeah, picture it, made it really- a made a big difference. And now you remember, I do. now you'll remember more that building the right routines is more like surfing than skydiving because skydiving, yes. it's just like without a routine, life is like skydiving where you're just in or out of the plane. It's just yeah. like everything's happening or nothing's happening, but yep. routines are not like the destination themselves, but it's the build up to get you where you want to go. It's like laying yes. on your stomach on the surfboard and like waiting for the wave and doing the thing. And it's a path to prepare you. But yeah, it's like, what a gift that we can just like imagine Chris Hemsworth's face as we're right? thinking about like our morning routine. You're welcome, everyone. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. And that's, those are the little nuances of this book that really make it special. <laughs> really appreciate them. Okay. So I, funny, well, well, I love it when people start funny story and then the story's not funny. I hope this is funny, but it's very short. So when I was reading, when I was reading the audiobook, so I mentioned, I mentioned James McAvoy in my book, I think three times, okay. um, which is not very many times if well. you just know me in regular life. It is a lot of times if you're reading a book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I love him so much. He's my favorite. And my husband knows it's all fine. So after I finished reading the whole book, there was a, um, my like audiobook director was, you know, in my ear on zoom. And at the end, um, someone had asked me like an interviewer or whatever had asked me if someone else read your audiobook, who would you want it to be? <laughs> and I was like, my, and my first answer was like, Oh, I would want it to be Emily Blunt. Cause she's my favorite like oh, female yeah. in Hollywood. And also it would be sort of rad to hear my words like in, yeah. a, in her accent. <laughs> yeah. And I was so excited. And my director was like, I super said, thought you would say James McAvoy. Yeah. And I, Mackenzie, I like, I like felt my whole body crumble because I was like, if that man ever said my words, I don't know that I would be able to read again. <laughs> like, I don't think it would work. Like, it's just sometimes I just appreciate people that would name their dog Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> who understand that you couldn't have James McAvoy read your audiobook. Like, it's, yes. it's all fine. We need to support each other we do. in these endeavors. It's good. We truly do. I, I am. With you, sister, solidarity. Yes. <laughs> so good. But I also, I, I value that like right from the get-go as I was reading, I was like, oh, this is someone who's as blunt and straightforward as I am. And I so appreciate that. I don't come across it very often. And you, you say like, I go real deep, real fast. And I just, I love that about you. And that you admit to like being the mom who doesn't necessarily like to play with her kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's enough of us saying that. I agree. I yeah. agree. Here's what I think in response to that, because you're absolutely right that not a lot of people are saying that. And I do think on one hand, more people are, you know, I hear more yes. people saying that, but on the other, it's kind of like, I feel like a lot of us have um, almost like a filter on us when we hear other people talking, we'll say specifically about parenting, because that's a really sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. We can beat ourselves up a lot over how we take care of our kids and love our kids and all that. And I think that there's something like, like keeping us from sort of receiving when other moms say something like, I don't, um, yeah, I don't like love playing with my kids. Because we are not allowing ourselves to be honest about how we feel mm-hmm. about certain things about parenting, we automatically shut those thoughts from others, those those words from others, we completely shut them out as like, mm-hmm. how dare you? I can't believe you would yeah. say that. I can't believe she would say that. Really, when deep down, we are shaming ourselves for wanting to say it. Yes. 
And so I think that there's just this, like, it is such a gift that more people are starting to say just the honest truth about what it means to be a person and how we all are like good at some things and not good at some things and really care about some things and really don't care about other things. And sometimes those are in conflict when you're in conversation with a person, but we put, um, like on our own soul. I think Mm -hmm. we put so much morality on things like that. Like you're a bad mom if -hmm. you don't like playing with your kids. Yes. And that's just not true. That's not true. So it's kind of like, it's not just what a gift to hear someone say, oh, you don't like playing with your kids. Oh, that's great. But to even go a level below that Mm -hmm. down in your soul of like, but it's also okay if you do like it. Yeah. It's okay if you don't like, there's no morality there. We're all good at different things and care about different things. And it doesn't mean that I love my kids less because I'm like, go play with your dad. Please go play with your dad. Or I'm like, okay, I'll play with you, but can we play skip, skip bow instead of pretend? Cause I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Like that we can kind of, you know, that it's fun. So I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but there you go. Well, it's something I've been talking about on the podcast lately and with my community because I have really felt during all this COVID everything, like it has been very clarifying for me to realize like I enjoy being busy. I Mm. thrive when I'm busy. I get more done. I feel like I connect with my kids better. Like there's all these things about having an active lifestyle that I realize work for me. And I feel like a few years ago, it was like everybody hustle. And then we've had this trend of like, no, everybody slow down, stop everything, smell the roses. That's what real life is. Like we've all needed to have this shutdown. And for me, I realized like, no, No, that doesn't work for me. I get depressed. I get frustrated. I get way less productive. And it's okay for me to acknowledge that I do better when I am busier. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And you even have that line in your book that you say, you have permission to let go, wonder, and go slow, or to desire, hustle, and power through. Like, we can have both. We can have it in different seasons and different people are built differently. Some of my very best friends have realized like, oh, it really has been so helpful for me to slow down, you know, and that's okay. There's room yeah. for both. Yeah, totally. I love that. I, I love that, um, that you're naming that just for yourself, you know, and then obviously for other people. Cause that, I mean, that is the, the whole like foundation of all of the, the work that I do. And here's the thing is I like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just like, I'm just a person sharing what I have kind of learned and how I see the world. And there are definitely like a lot of really practical things that I put into the world in this book and my podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like tons of, I have a whole episode on just how to cook soup. So well, like, I really like practical literally things. changed my life. Well, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. That's why it's named Change yep. Your Life Chicken. But, but like underneath all of that, I think the gift of um, things that are that the gift of like hacks and practical stuff and systems and um, tips and whatever is when we can use those in support of what we have already named. Yes. If you don't name what matters underneath it all and around it all, we're just going to keep trying and being tired or giving up and still being tired because we're not fulfilled because we're not naming. So I just love that you've named that where it's like everyone, not everyone, that's not fair. A lot of people are saying how this time has been a gift because it's made them slow down. And when we hear people share truths about their own lives and like how it's changed them, how it's made them feel like better people and more whole people, we forget that the the circumstance is not what we need to apply to us. Like we just assume Mm -hmm. that it's like, oh, well, I'm not feeling that way. What's wrong with me? Because we're in the same pandemic. We're we're struggling with the same things. So like if she's really jazzed about slowing down, but I am not, what's wrong with me? Because that's where Mm -hmm. we automatically go is what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And so um, I just love that you're naming that because now – Like, what does that mean for you? Like once you were able to actually name that for yourself, that that was the case, like, did you, what did you notice changed and how you thought about your day, how you approached your day, anything? 
Yeah. Well, it made me realize like, okay, in order to move forward through the rest of this pandemic, like we have to put certain things into place to make our life function better. We need to be getting out of the house in some capacity every day, even if it's going to the park or doing whatever, like we need to have a point in our day where we are all getting it together and getting out of here and then coming back because it's putting those, those signposts in place that were a part of our life with school. You've, everybody's got to get up and get out of the house and you know, that's a thing. It's having to impose that myself now mm, yeah. and not just letting everything kind of slip through our fingers. And so it's allowed me to structure our days differently, acknowledging that my family thrives better when we have more of a plan, more of, and like outside pressure. Like if I make a plan to go do something, tell someone I'm going to be somewhere at some point, it's like that extra level of accountability that we need to get done what we need to get done. Yeah. I love that. Okay, ladies, if you're anything like me, then you did not grow up with sugary cereal. My mom always refused to buy any of the fun cereals because she knew they weren't good for us. And they were packed with not only sugar, but preservatives and all kinds of crazy ingredients. And I have always been very hesitant to get any of that stuff for my kids either. We have just not been a big cereal family, even though it would be the easy thing to be able to turn to in the mornings. And sometimes I would really love that because I just don't trust what is in cereal. However, my mind has been changed, you guys, because I found a cereal that is not only free of all the junk, but it is also absolutely delicious. And I didn't think it was possible, but it truly was. I love it. My kids love it. I am so excited about Magic Spoon. You guys, it has zero sugar, has 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. They sent us four flavors to try, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. The cocoa is definitely mine. I even tried just a little bit going, I am probably not going to be into this. And then I poured myself an entire bowl because it was that good. And it doesn't get all soggy super fast. That was the other thing I was super impressed by. I was like, okay, this doesn't taste like cardboard. And it's actually not bad for my kids or myself. I am so excited about it. I can't wait to try their peanut butter and their honey nut. They've got so many options. They do flavors that are seasonal. Magic Spoon is just so much fun. And it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Those are all things that I am looking for when I want a quick, delicious, easy breakfast for my kids and myself and Magic Spoon delivers. So go to magicspoon.com slash lovely to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code lovely at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. You don't even have to send anything back. That's magicspoon.com slash lovely and use the code lovely for free shipping. I just want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring my podcast and creating a really amazing product. And it makes me think of something else too, where, um, you know, you said for you personally, you function better if you are busy, mm -hmm. right? And then you said, we, like as a family, we do better if we kind of get out of the house. And I think something that's really important, a really important distinction to put in there, because you said it so well, is that we have to pay attention as as moms and just as mm -hmm. people, like whoever we're interacting with, whether it's kids or anyone, it doesn't matter. But like we have to sort of pay attention to what we need as individuals. And then how do, how do those needs that we have specifically sort of impact kind of the greater collective that we're part of? Yeah. So for example, like my... Um, I don't know that it's true that I do better when I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I think I do better when I know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And so even if I know like today we're home, like I can handle that. I, I can do that. Okay. Cause it's like, we're just home today. I'm going to read. Like, I don't mind. I love sitting around and reading. It's okay. If the kids are sort of bored, cause it's good for them to be bored sometimes. But like, if it's just one of those, like my husband is a little bit more the other way where he said, well, maybe we'll, we'll play it by ear. I don't play things by ear. Yeah. Like that's not my life. <laughs> yeah. That is not my life. And so yeah. it's kind of like, even just the kind of the 
the sometimes tension, but really just the nuance of like, how, how does what I need sort of impact what everyone else needs? Because mm-hmm. really, if you are kind of like the the engine, and as parents, we often are, we're sort of like the mood setters, we're the yeah. vibe setters, we're the, the pace setters, we're the pace cars of everything yeah. for the family. And so I think that sometimes we tend to sacrifice what we need to serve everyone else in our home mm-hmm. um, to the exclusion of our own needs, like almost completely sometimes. Yeah. And so I just think like I have a son, what my oldest son is... Um, very much in need of like constant stimulation to the point where it's like so exhausting. Um, But also I've seen the good for him in not being constantly stimulated. It's the whole thing of like when you're bored, you're creative and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to force him into that life like all day, every day, because that's not good for him either. Mm -hmm. But I also know that when we are like out and about, we're like, did everybody bring their mask? And, you know, just sort of like the stressors of going out and doing things and kind of being on like that rhythm of being busy. It makes me stressed out, which often makes me snappy at my Mm -hmm. kids, which kind of negates the whole thing of serving everyone else. And so it's, it's this very interesting, that's why, that's why like self-help books don't generally serve us for very long, because if we're not paying attention to our own lives, we're just going to like, it's like we're putting on outfits that don't fit. We're using tools that don't work. We, We have to start paying attention and naming those things and so I just love that you're like, you're seeing that because it sounds already like, you know, that um, naming this thing has made an impact in y'all's lives. And it's going yeah. to continue to do that as school starts. And, you yeah. know, you just have to keep paying attention. And it's, it's such a good practice. It's not very sexy for like a podcast talk. And <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I want to give you like the five tips that are going to change your life. And my tips are like, yeah, you just have to pay attention to your life and make decisions every day. Like yeah. that's not very sexy, but it's also kind of what it is. That's sort of what life is. You, <laughs> is know you what? have to pay attention to your life and name what matters and then make choices from that. Yeah. And I think it kind of is sexy because we are giving people the freedom (laughs) to lead their lives. And, you know, I have people who come to me all the time and they're like moms who just have young kids and they come to me and they're like, I'm trying to do what you're doing. It's like, hold on. That's silly. Why are you doing that? Like my oldest is 14. My youngest is five. I don't have toddlers anymore. I've been where you are, but my life doesn't look like that anymore. And so don't try to do what I'm doing. Like, let's take the the basis of what I'm saying and then make it work for your life, which is exactly what your book is doing. And I love that. And But I also, there's this part in your book that I was like, oh, sister, amen, because you say, I want to stop applauding chaos as the only indicator of vulnerability. And then like on the next page, you say, instead, invite people over when your house is dirty and when it's clean. Like, I love that you said that because we've, in the same way where we're all like, eh, not all, but you know what I mean? Like yes. everybody needs to slow down and that's the best thing. It's like, oh, you're only being real with people if you just show them the mess and the whatever. Yes. And and that is such a thing because then it almost makes people feel guilty for getting it together. 100%. And it's not saying that our lives are together 100% of the time. I'm yeah. I'm never going to say that, but I also shouldn't feel bad when I do have it together. Right, right. Totally. I just, you know, it's funny, like in terms of the the book writing process. Um, I, the book that I wrote is not the book that I originally pitched. And, um, and I think that in some ways that what you just said, cause that's in the first chat. I mean, that's really early yeah, on. I yeah. feel like that's in the intro of the first chapter, um, is that idea of conflating order with being fake yes. and vulnerability with things in chaos. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think when I started to kind of play around with this, cause I, I, I had this sort of that frustration kind of on the fringes of my mind. And then when I started to put words to it, it was just like, it was like the, um, it was like an animation of, uh, you know, like when you're watching like a, like a cartoon movie and they just sort of like speed up the building of a house where it's like, yeah. Oh, and then this is what happened. That's kind of what it felt like where it was like, Oh wait, this is really important. This is really important. Like it just kept building on itself as I started to name that. Because Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. When we see 
things, phrases like, and this is not a morality choice on these phrases, but when we see phrases like dirty hair, don't care, or um, the struggle is real. And the picture is a highly curated, let's be real though, (laughs) and styled, but it's a picture of like a messy bun, which messy buns take almost longer than a regular bun. (laughs) Like messy buns really take a lot of work. And so it's just sort of like this, um, it's really difficult to sort of parse out like what is real and what is fake because you're saying that like, oh, my house is such a mess. So this is when you're allowed to come in. But like, what if I, what if I really like shiny counters? Like what if when clutter is put away, it makes me feel more hospitable, not because we're trying to perform, but because like, I feel more like myself when my stuff is put away, where do I fit? And so it feels like people who like order and that is truly who they are, mm-hmm. kind of get lost. And then people who are, um, their lives are kind of like messy, but really they care about it not being as messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and messy, not in the like clutter sense. It could be all the different things. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. just, um, it is such a message that I am so passionate about that, mm-hmm. that like we're all everything. Yes. Like we, if we, if we, if we're going to let someone into our home when it's dirty, it's okay to let it in when it's clean and the other way around. Cause otherwise we're just like, we're not walking into a room as whole people. We're like mm-hmm. compartmentalizing ourselves into like us and them dirty and clean. It's like an opposite book for kids, but for like <laughs> really anxious comparing moms, it's like, yes. that's not, that's not a life that we, any of us want to live in, yeah. but we keep, we keep doing it. It's yeah. just, it bumps me out, man. And you shouldn't have to feel guilty. Like you're going to offend someone if you cleaned your house. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. like when did that happen? <laughs> From June Cleaver to like, oh, now if somebody walks in and like you've recently vacuumed, then it's like, well, sure. You're just trying to throw that in my face. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, well, isn't I'm it, just trying to have it together. Isn't it kind of like what we were saying before too, of, of the, that whole idea of like, um, the veil if you say like I'm not a mom who plays yeah really you you want you want to care about what you want to care about like you want to have the freedom to do that and if somebody does something that you see as valuable that you are unable to do Mm -hmm. then then you like question their motives yeah rather than just seeing it as information and an invitation to look at your own yes which I just wish we, I want us to all be in more of a practice of, of doing, mm-hmm. um, of culti- if, of cultivating. See what yeah. I did there? Yeah, I see. That was nice. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> I have to bring you on as a co-host. There it is. I have a lot of practice. <laughs> yes, you do. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I I just, I love that. I love what you've done with this. And I am I'm so curious because this book is, you know, really kind of coming out at the perfect time. I feel like I've seen this happen many times over the years of being a podcaster, but I feel like especially this year, there have been certain books that came out that were just like, oh, like God knew we needed that right Mm -hmm. now. Like Melanie Schenkel's new book on the bright side, like we needed to be able to look on the bright side and Sophie Hudson's new book about stand all the way up. And she addresses these issues like so poignantly that, you know, two years ago or whatever, when she was writing, it would have never known that Mm -hmm. we were literally facing in our culture. And I feel like as a lot of us are heading back into fall and possibly having to, you know, be forced to homeschool our children and all of these things that aren't exactly how we would normally want to plan life to be, this is a really good guide to be able to pick up and take some of the pressure off you and figure out what really matters, which we're really needing to distill as more things are being put on us Yeah, heading into this fall. As we all adjust to wearing masks as the new normal, parents are conflicted by a unique problem, finding a mask our kids will wear. That's why I'm so happy I found the Crayola School Mask Pack. 
I am so excited about these masks because my girls have not been super jazzed about needing to wear them to school, but this still makes them feel like it's part of their style, they're unique, and they fit really well. Each school mask pack comes with five comfortable cloth masks, so your child has a fresh new mask with a new fun design every single school day, and all the masks are built with a 3D design, which is really fun, a form-fitting nose wire, and adjustable ear straps so that they are comfortable and they fit well. All of these points are really important to my girls especially getting them to want to keep them on. It's really helpful that they feel good about what they're wearing and they're also comfortable. And Crayola School Masks are machine washable and come with a handy mesh laundry bag to stay organized and a calendar to track the daily usage. For us personally, I always plan out all my girls' outfits before the week has even begun in little bins so that we know exactly what they're wearing every day. And I just pop a mask into each of those bins so that they're ready to go for every day of the week. And then they know whenever we're going out or when they go back to actual in-school instruction that they've got the right mask for the right day and they don't have to be searching the house for one to be able to wear. It's just helped us to stay on top of things and organized, which I am so grateful for. And as an added bonus, Crayola School Mask Pack will donate a portion of your purchase to a charity of your choice that supports kids who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. When it comes to making the best mask for you and your family, the Crayola Mask Pack has perfected every detail. I'm recommending it to you guys and all other parents I come across. The Crayola Mask Pack is a family solution for back to school. So do what I did and get your family the Crayola School Mask Pack today at schoolmaskpack.com lovely. That's schoolmaskpack.com I'm just wondering, though, if, you know, now in light of everything that has happened, if there is like an addition that you would put on to the book. Of, do you have an amendment? Yes. Yeah. Do you have a lazy genius for COVID chapter that you would like to add? Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, the hardest chapter to write of all of them. And and we haven't said this yet. The the book is broken down into 13 principles mm-hmm. that you can apply to any situation, yeah. like literally any situation. And so what's so great is um, it's, I kind of call it like a Swiss army knife for life. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you need only one and that's enough. And sometimes you might need two or three together. And sometimes you're like, I need the whole knife. Yeah. Like I need yes. the whole thing. Um, we are camping kind of, here. Are, right. <laughs> right. And so um, I think that what, what I hoped would happen and I tested what happened um, as I was writing this book is like, is there a scenario that I could throw at these principles that it won't meet like that's that's something that won't stick and there wasn't anything I mean I went through my entire like and that's I don't mean that as like a pat on the back like this thing is amazing I just mean like it was I I wanted it if I was going to make the claim that you could lazy genius anything with the tools in this book, I wanted to make sure that was true. And yeah. so I gave them to like other people. I applied them to every topic I've ever talked about on the podcast. I have a hundred, almost 170 episodes. Like it's yeah. of just me. And so it's like a yeah. lot of content and, and the principles always worked because they've sort of been the through line of what I've been saying for a long time, but I had just never named them as such, like mm-hmm. as these principles. So all that to say, I don't have an amendment Okay, but I will say the chapter there's one principle called live in your season. Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest chapter to write because living in your season in a difficult season where you don't mm-hmm. really see an end where um you feel kind of guilty for wanting to get out of mm-hmm. a season that maybe somebody else is wanting to get into um you know like like we were saying before about having a kid in yeah kindergarten and oh I'm so excited that like I get time and now they're all home not just the kindergartner but all of them and it's so hard and yet you know there are people that we that we both know that are listening here that desperately want kids and would give anything to have their kindergartner home with them and so there we feel guilty when we struggle through a season for a number of reasons, one of them being that we know that someone would actually gladly trade places with us. Yeah. Um, and there's no easy answer for living in your season. There just isn't. And so it was the hardest chapter to write because it was like, this is one of the most important foundational things because we try and cram another season into the shape of this one. 
Yeah. It's kind of like with summer, when summer comes around, a non-COVID summer, um, especially, but like when summer comes around and we miss our routine so badly and we create like sticker charts and color-coded everything and we're going to do that. We have circle time at 8.30, family. Let's do this, you know? And and for some people that really works. And for some, they're just trying to cram like fall and spring and routine into a season that doesn't receive routine quite the same way. Mm -hmm. Not that it doesn't at all, but not the same way. And so living in your season is like the most nuanced thing there is. It can be the most tense, complicated relationship that we have us with the season that we're in. And so specifically to your question, this is the most, I mean, fair to say like the season of the most upheaval that I think any of us have experienced for this long. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know and that worldwide, people, worldwide, exactly. And that I think that's why, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, we're all doing this. Like, I have a dear friend who lost her husband in April, Ugh. and so she is like, she's got two teenage kids, and it was sudden, and it was like, so she's having to navigate the worst time of her life in the worst time of our lives in so many ways. And it's like, so even, I mean, there's just, so I'm not trying to like compare like, oh, if you have lost, if you've gone through a difficult time, this is worse. I don't mean that. I just mean like we are collectively going through something that we have no answers to. We have no Mm -hmm. end in sight. This is such a hard season to live in. Yeah, It's so hard. And, and so like, I think that's why when, um, people have started to read the lazy genius way and are like talking about it on Instagram and stuff like that. And the, the chapter, no other chapters are mentioned by name except for this one, except for their season. It's the one that keeps coming up where they're like, I will read this chapter over and over and over again, because I have to be reminded that this is a season and that seasons have things to teach us. We don't have to ignore the fact that they are so incredibly hard. Um, It changes day to day. It's just, I think that we just are in more of like, um, like a more intimate relationship with Mm -hmm. the season, with living in our season that we might've been in the past. And so it's like, it's almost like a new, we're having to learn a new language almost of like, how do I live not just day to day? I mean, I sort of live from meal to meal, yeah. like from breakfast to snack, to lunch, to snack, to dinner, to like, based on like my kids and everyone in the house, it's like, mm-hmm. can we just get, can we just get through to snack time? Can yeah. we just get through to lunchtime? Can we like, that is how my life is right now. And, um, and I don't, I don't really like it. Yeah. I don't like living that way. I don't like having to be so daggum present with everyone yes. all the time and like pay attention to what the season is. I don't like it. Yeah. But it's helpful. You know, it's just, so that is like such a, I always say it's like, I've stole the word nothing burger from Knox McCoy of the podcast, but it's yeah. like the perfect word for this. It's such a nothing burger of an answer because it's not easy, Yeah, but this is not easy. It's yeah. just not, it's just so hard. You guys, it's so hard. <laughs> It's so hard. Well, and it's, it's different because it's not like any other season, even if you haven't been through like pregnancy and new motherhood, other people have. And so you kind of have, you can learn from what they've done to sort of be prepared. This is something that's new to everybody. And there's no, there's no cut and dry answers for how to deal with this. But like you said, with that chapter of your book, it we do have to embrace it as a season and be able to, to live within it. So I think, like I said, before even all that, I think this is a terrific guidebook to get you through Mm -hmm. and even live in this. But I think that was a really, really good answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a little bit of a transition, but what does a day typically look like for you? And how is that different from what it was pre COVID? Yeah. Oh man. Well, we're home. We're home a lot. Um, we're, I live in North Carolina and all of our playgrounds are still closed. Um, so like all the public places are still closed. You can go to parks and like walk and stuff, Yeah, yeah. but you can only say, Hey kids, let's go on a nature walk. Like so many times before they're like, we we've already seen the Cardinals mom. Like we got it. Like they're, you know, it's, it's kind of no more nature study. No, (laughs) they're over it. Yeah. Um, so in some ways our days are really day to day. I think the one consistency is that at the, every night, my husband and I are like, 
all right, so what worked today? Mm-hmm. What did not work today? And what do you need tomorrow? Like, what do you need as an individual tomorrow? What do I need as an individual tomorrow? Are we seeing anything that the kids sort of need individually tomorrow? And then we kind of like make a general, like loose plan for the next day of even just like, we're making bacon for breakfast. That will start things off really well. Like it's so, so simple. Um, But that's the one thing that is consistent is that my husband and I have a conversation and it sounds very like we have an agenda, but it's just checking in. Like we yeah, just check in. It's important. And, um, and I think that anybody can do that. Like even just like, if it's just you living in yeah. your home and you like live alone, like to just check in, like what, what went well today? What filled me today? What made me super drained that I really would rather not do again if I don't have to, like it's that, that act of paying attention um, really kind of affects things. But most of the time we're just, we're home. My kids go through like ups and downs where you you just listen for like they're about to kill each other aren't they you know like you just have to catch them before they do um so you have one ear like train on the kids and one doing whatever else it is and um you know we're always like we're eating we're eating every meal at home and so there's always something to be chopped or mixed or whatever it is and um and then just trying to fit my own work into every day yeah. is really tricky because my husband also works and he's a school counselor. He's a, he's a school counselor at a middle school. Oh, wow. So he's like really like great and stuff. It's like, <laughs> like a saint. But, um, but he, right now he's got a few weeks off because it's the summer, which is really beautiful for me because it is like book, book launch season for me. Yeah. But it's like, it's just the strangest thing I hope this makes sense, Mackenzie. Every day feels exactly the same, Uh but every day feels completely different. Yes. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. And I can't figure out what it is, like what that means. But like, we live the same day every day. And yet I couldn't tell you what we did yesterday. (laughs) And it's not the same as what we did today. It is. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting that. And I love that idea of checking in. It's, it's so good. Even like, like you were saying, just like for me, for myself to, to just intentionally make note of those things, I think can help it to at least not be quite as grueling as it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what is some little way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Um, okay. I have been a like serial nail biter for my whole life. It's like a nervous, it's a nervous thing. And I, three months ago, maybe I discovered Olive and June nail polish. Yes. I paint my nails almost every day. I have gotten so many colors. Like I have turned into, like I used to use nails as something I don't care about. Like when people are like, so what matters and what doesn't? Like my lazy list is nails. Like I don't care. Oh, I do care now. I have cared. (laughs) I have all of a sudden turned into a person who cares about nails and I'm here for it. And so it's like, there is something, um, it's like very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It slows me down. It's so pretty because our colors are so pretty. I yep. really feel like they have lazy genius nails because they yeah. made the poppy. Like yes. the poppy thing is so great. All the colors, like pretty much you pick a color and it's going to mostly work. Like it's just, yeah. I, that, that's what it is, is I've been I, painting my nails and I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Like I occasionally painted my nails pre pandemic and I always felt like, Oh, it's that thing I can do where no matter if I'm still in my pajamas, I feel like almost pulled together because my nails are painted. Totally. But now for, I would say the last three, four solid months, my nails have not ever not been painted <laughs> like <laughs> I have just across the board like nope this is something I control it makes me feel pretty it makes me feel feminine and I can do it myself and I'm doing it totally totally it's it's like a magic it's kind of a magic thing and that's one of my favorite things about paying attention is if you can notice like one thing that really makes a big impact like that just keep yeah. doing that thing yes. and you don't have to keep searching for a ton of other things. So yes. I, that's a lovely question that you're asking people is like, cause cultivating is a practice. It yes. really isn't a one-time thing. Yeah. And so, but you don't have to cultivate 20 things in order yes. to feel the loveliness, just cultivate one thing that like 
has a good bang for its buck. And nail polish is one of those things right now, apparently for both of us. It so is. And one little thing I've been doing, like it's again, it's cultivating. I do have to put like a little bit of effort into it, but really curating our playlists and what we're listening to right now. And like we we have been longtime Hamilton fans, mm-hmm. but I hadn't dipped into Leslie Odom Jr.'s album, Mr. And so we started playing that. And it has been so fun to watch even my kids because like they've known, they've grown up with Hamilton, but then when they got to see it, it was a whole different thing. And my oldest, like he is a drummer and he's now looking at the show and music in general from the perspective of being a musician. And so he's noticing all the little things and he's noticing in it, it in Leslie Odom Jr.'s album, which is like very jazzy. And it is like the delight of my heart to see him process the music. And my other kids have favorite songs too, that I feel like are a little bit more highbrow than maybe just putting on the Jonas Brothers, which I have nothing against. And I've (laughs) jammed out to (laughs) during pandemic, but it's just been so fun to like keep broadening, broadening our horizons with music and like letting it speak to us. And like, I'm a three on the Enneagram like Mm -hmm. to like stuff down those emotions and not deal with them. And so it has forced me to have to do that because music can kind of get you there. And even like sending songs to friends and then sending them back and like saying like, oh, I, I think of you when I hear this song. And that has been just like super powerful and helpful during a very emotionally charged time. If I had known that you loved playlists, we would have spent the entire conversation talking about them. I have an episode on my podcast about how to make the perfect playlist. Oh, I'm going to go find it. I am like, I'm an evangelist for playlists. Like playlists are game changers. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% on this. And I will like, Okay, backstory now. I had gotten myself really caught up in just listening to podcasts for a while. And then like around Christmas this year, I was like, we need music again. And it's just been a game changer. Yep. Total game changer. Okay. We're going to speed through these stock questions so we can get you out of here. Are you ready? Can't wait. I'm so excited. Let's hit it. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh, candles. Hard. Love them. All right. Cloth napkins or paper? We do have cloth. Yeah. I mean, I do like paper, but yeah, cloth, I guess. Okay. City or country? City. All right. Paper or digital? Paper. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Oh, man. The laziness in me wants to (laughs) just do it online, but I'd return so many daggum things. And so I think the store is probably probably the best bet. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? I listen to music every single time. It's always music at four o'clock. Yep. All right. And what is some of your favorite music to turn to? Penny and Sparrow is my favorite. Like, ever, ever, ever. And, like, I listen to music constantly. And that's not, I mean, that's not really true. But, like, kind of, like, in my head, like, always. Right now, I just started getting into Hamilton. And I'm very much obsessed. Like, one one is, once one sees and listens. Yeah. Um, But I am always listening. I mean, I listen to... I mean, I listen to pretty much everything. I listen to everything. So it's like music all the time. All right. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports? Oh, very much sports. I miss them with my whole heart. I okay. can cry, like literally yes. cry tears sometimes. <laughs> I have friends who are like that as well. Okay. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I know. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Oh. Um... I think be the, not watch the other one. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you watch and it goes bad, I'm like one of those people that like, I can feel it in my bones, like the awkwardness, like (laughs) deep in my bones. So I would rather like, if it's going to be awkward, I want to take responsibility for it. There you go. All righty then. I I see the one, I see the one coming out in you. Very, very much, very much. Okay. What's your favorite movie? Sense and Sensibility. Okay. Good one. All right. 
Last question, if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum? Oh man. Well, my legs are usually unshaven. So it feels <laughs> like, but uh, if you take that part off it, I mean, I'm like, Maybe a three. I would not say I'm super crunchy. I like convenience too much, I think, to be like super crunchy, but I do care about the environment. Three and a half. All right. (laughs) We'll take it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Kendra. It was so much fun. Oh, it was so fun. Thanks for having me. Yes. And best of luck with getting this amazing book out into the world. Thank you. Your words are so kind. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Kendra Ahoot. I had so much fun doing this interview. It was one of my favorite interviews of the year so far. One of my favorite interviews over the past five seasons. So I am so glad that I got to share it with you today. I did it over a month ago. It was just waiting, burning in my back pocket to be able to release to all of you. And I'm so glad that I was finally able to do so. You can find links to all of these things that we talked about in today's episode. If you just swipe up in whatever app that you are using to listen to the show, you will find all of our show notes. And you guys, if you want even more goodness, if you want to jump in with us in the month of August to really get prepared and ready for this crazy back to school that we are all facing, I also want to suggest that you come over and join Patreon. We've got all kinds of different levels for you to be a part of. We do daily lives in there, except for this week. I'm off this week. I'm on vacation with my kiddos. But normally we have daily lives and I would love for you to come and join the amazing community of women that we have over there. And we are getting set for September. We are getting all of our ducks in a row so that the whole crazy back to school that we are facing doesn't just bulldoze all of us. And then into September, we are going to have so much beauty and loveliness that we are adding to our lives in the midst of the stress and the crazy. And we would love to have you be a part of it with us. So go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to join us there. Okay, ladies, until next week when I will be on with the lovely Katie Duckett, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.